You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Hey, what's going on, Discovery Church? Welcome to Church at Home. If I have not yet had the privilege to meet you, my name is John. I have this amazing opportunity uh, to lead this community that we call Discovery. And uh, so glad you are hanging out with us this morning. Uh, now, if you're watching from home, it's one of two reasons. The first reason is this, like uh, you, you feel, you, you, you just didn't know that we were actually meeting in our parking lot today. And so if that's you, I wanna let you know that uh, starting today until planning the end of October, barring weather is okay, we plan on meeting outdoors. And so we'd love for you to join us. It's gonna be phenomenal. Uh, but you, you could also be watching this from home just because you've, you, you, you feel uh, more safe uh, than, than meeting in crowds right now. And so uh, we have this uh, online community set up and designed for you. And so we're just glad that you're hanging out with us this morning. Now, real quick, before I jump into the message, I want to let you know of a couple of things. The first thing is this. Uh, small group semester is starting in on uh, September 28th. And so you have uh, a couple weeks I think it's a couple weeks or yeah, a couple weeks to sign up to be part of a group. And so you uh, can go to discoverychurch.cc uh, and uh, there's on the top, it says sign up for small group. Click that. You can look over the different groups that we have this semester. And then you could also sign up for one. We'd really love for you to join one of them. Community is a big part of what we do here at Discovery. So we just want to invite you out. To that, the other thing I want to let you know is on September 27th, Sunday at one o'clock, uh, we are having our first ever welcome home uh, luncheon. And so, basically, what it is is myself, our team, uh, we we want to meet you. If this is if you're brand new to Discovery, uh, or you have not yet connected in a group or connected uh, via serving on one of our dream teams, we want to connect you. And so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna buy you lunch, and we're just gonna hang out. We're gonna share a little bit about the church, uh, what what we what we do, who we are, the plans that we feel like God has for this church in our city, and uh, how you play a vital role in that. So mark your calendar, uh, September twenty seventh. Uh, we'd love for you to be part of that. Now today we are kicking off a brand new series called Savage prayer. And so, uh, man, if you are ready to go, go ahead, comment right now in, in the comment box, what, whatever streaming you're on, whether it's Facebook or YouTube or uh, church online, just say, I'm ready, I'm ready. Uh, so I want to read to you from Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32, and uh, we're going to start at verse 22. And here's what it says. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, holy moly, and crossed the ford of Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. This is important. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that the hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. So Jacob's hip is uh, now out of socket. So no. So not only is he all alone, not only is he afraid because of his brother, is, 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 uh, he, his, he's approaching his brother, he's now also injured, okay? In verse 26, Then the man said, Let me go, 
for it is daybreak. And here's what I love. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. This morning, we're kicking off a two-week series and called, uh, called Savage Prayers. And I'm so excited about this. I think that is a savage prayer that Jacob prayed. And I'll share with you why in a bit. So let's pray wherever you're at. Say, Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for today. I pray, Father, that you would just speak through me, through the message that you have. Uh, God, we want to leave change wherever we're at. We want to be different, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone said amen. Amen. Hey, have you ever realized how, how Hollywood um, paints prayer, praying, like so formal, right? Like, like Hollywood, it's, it's like when I think of prayer, when it's, when it's uh, framed within Hollywood and within movies, probably not all movies, right? But most movies, I picture uh, Little House on the Prairie, right? Like, son, it's time. I reckon it's time for you to go to bed. Make sure you say your prayer. And like little Timmy's like, okay, dad, right? And like he goes to his room and he kneels next to his bed and he folds his hands. And little Timmy's like, dear Lord, I bless thou, right? Like he's just like thou's and theyeth and it's just kind of weird, right? But then, but then like sometimes like the prayer like, dear Lord, as I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. It's so dark. <laughs> and if I die before I wake, like I pray the Lord my soul will take. <laughs> it's just, it's so like formal. And, and we think of prayer as just like this very feeble expression, this very religious thing right but what if i propose to you this morning that prayer is so much more than that in fact today we're kicking off savage prayers this idea that you that, that hopefully within these two weeks that you understand that your prayer doesn't have to be feeble it doesn't have to be formal but it could be powerful come on somebody and uh, and, and 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 so savage prayer here here's kind of the definition of what I'm what I'm talking about when when I when I say savage prayer is savage prayer is praying something boldly opposite of what you are currently facing or feeling so so the idea of a savage prayer is this idea that i will pray something boldly opposite of what i am currently feeling or facing now if we're honest and you don't have to because you're at home right now and uh, no one's around right like so you don't have to be honest but but like if you were honest um if I was honest, let me say it that way. If I was honest, um, I, I, I don't, um, th th this is kind of opposite for me, right? Like my prayers, if I'm honest, my prayers are typically led by my emotions. Have you ever noticed that? Like how your prayers can be led by your emotions. 
Right? Like, so come on, don't get spiritual on me now. Uh, but sometimes I get so overwhelmed, I don't want to pray. Sometimes I am so sick, physically, whatever, like I don't want to pray. Sometimes I'm so far up the creek that I don't want to pray. But I need to realize that prayer is so much more than just a conversation between me and God. But I have to understand that prayer, when I can learn to boldly speak prayer, when I can boldly pray and speak out words despite what I'm feeling, despite what I'm facing, if I can get to that place where I can just boldly pray there's something about speaking those words out and me hearing it that stirs something up inside of me and so i if like i need to get to that place where i can begin to pray despite my situation despite my circumstance so i can just begin to speak out so i can stir it Right, like we got to get to the place where we don't allow our feelings or our situation to dictate how, when we pray. In fact, we actually see this in the story of Jacob that we just read. See, Jacob, he has just dealt or is dealing with four hazardous conditions. And I can guarantee that within these four hazardous conditions that, that Jacob is, that Jacob is experiencing, that we can all relate to at least one of those things. And so Jacob, this idea is Jacob is enduring, going through four hazardous conditions. The first one is this, um, is, is fear. Jacob is in a fearful situation. Jacob is about to approach his brother, and if you don't know the history, Jacob, he, he, he's kind of a, he, 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 he's the younger brother of Esau and, um, and, and he tricked his brother. And so like their, their relationship is, is a bit, is a bit uh, rocky. And Jacob is afraid that his brother is going to retaliate for the things that Jacob did to, to him, to his brother. And so Jacob, he is fierce. Fearful. So the first hazardous condition, he's fearful. There's just things in his life that become that, that has caused him to fear. I wonder this morning if there's anything in your life that has caused you to fear. And that this fear that, that is inside of you, that, that it's caused you, it's prevented you from wanting to, to pray bold prayers. The second hazardous condition that Jacob goes through that Jacob encounters is, um, let's see, is loneliness, right? We read in verse 24 that, that, that Jacob, he sends everything across the river. And, and verse 24 says that Jacob was alone by himself. Now, I wonder if you have ever experienced loneliness and the results of loneliness, like what loneliness does, how it creates this depression and this anxiety inside of you, this, this, what loneliness can do to you. And so Jacob, he's not only fearful, he's not only lonely, but he's exhausted. Scripture says that, that Jacob wrestled with this man, which we know to be God, from, from nighttime until the sun came up the next day. 
And so he's wrestling. Like, I don't know about you, but I wrestle with my kids all the time, my little boys. And sometimes my little girl wants to get in and just while I'm down. But I'm wrestling for five minutes and then I'm like done. Like I'm like sweating. And so scripture says that he wrestled all throughout the night. I'd imagine that at that moment when daybreak hits, how exhausted Jacob must have felt. How exhausted exhausted Jacob must be. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe, maybe you feel exhausted. Maybe the exhaustion of work or marriage or family or social, or social uh, what is that called when the kids don't go to school? Uh, and you're parenting or you're teaching them um, distance learning. You're, you're, you're exhausted from distance learning and, and you're, you find yourself just so exhausted that you're like, man, I'm, I'm too tired to pray bold prayers. The fourth hazardous condition that Jacob was experiencing was physical pain. We read that that as they were wrestling, God realized that, that Jacob was not letting go. And so scripture says that God touched Jacob's hip socket and dislocated it. And so here is Jacob. He's wrestling with a dislocated hip. See, maybe for you this morning, like the physical pain that you are experiencing, that you're going through, the sickness, the ailments that you're going through, it's causing to, like it's become, it's dictated your your, your faith, your prayers. Like you're like, I, I don't even have any strength inside of me for bold prayers because like I am so sick. It's not going away. In fact, it's getting worse. Maybe that's you. Maybe you can relate that but but here's why I think Jacob's story is so interesting and why I think it sets the precedence of of, of, of foundation of, of savage prayers is because despite the fear that he was going through despite the loneliness he was encountering despite the physical pain that he was dealing with or the exhaustion that he was dealing with scripture says that despite those four hazardous conditions that Jacob was able to press through and even in the midst of those four hazardous conditions, Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. This prayer between him and God, this conversation, right? Because prayer is a conversation between you and God. Jacob, in essence, is having this conversation between him and God, this prayer. God's like, hey, let go. A daybreak is here. Jacob said, I will not let go despite my exhaustion, my loneliness, my anxiety, my physical pain. I will not let go. I will keep pressing forward until you bless me. See, this morning, my hope is that if, if, if Jacob was able to pray a prayer like that, then you and I, we too, in the midst of those four hazardous conditions, can learn to pray savage prayers, to pray something despite what we are facing or feeling, to pray bold prayers despite 
of our circumstance. So I want to give you two things that we read in Scripture that I think can help us pray bold prayers despite what we are feeling or what we're facing. The first one is this. When we remember my identity. When we remember my identity. Here, here's what uh, Genesis chapter 27 says, the continuation of our story. It says this. The man, so, so the man being God, the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. See, what I want us to see in this moment is that we're, we're, we're witnessing a re-identification of Jacob. Right? See, Jacob was born physical human flesh. He was born with the name Jacob. However, God was re-identifying him from, from a flesh name, a human name, to a God-given name, which is Israel. See, and this is why it's important is because what, what we have to understand is that, is that you and I, we have two identities that we can go by. We can go by the identity of our flesh or the identity of our spirit. Now, here's the breakdown of each one. This idea, like I, my identity, when I go before God, when, when I'm going through the four hazards, when, I, when I'm exhausted, when I am uh, going through physical pain, when I am fearful, when I am lonely, I can I can identify my, my myself through through my flesh or through my spirit. Now here's the problem with one. One has a limit. One of the identities has a limit. The other one is limitless. Right? And I love what Paul writes in, the, in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. Man, I got to remember my identity. I need to learn to pray from the identity of not my flesh, but of my spirit. The, the, the identity of where I am now reigning as, as a son, as a daughter of Christ. See, if I want to learn to pray bold prayers despite what I'm feeling or what I'm facing, it's going to have to be through the correct identity lens. Not of the flesh, but of the spirit. i got to remember that, that if I'm going to pray bold prayers despite my four hazards, but despite my current situation, my feelings, I have to learn that i got to have the right identity of who I'm praying from, of where I'm praying from, excuse me. Like I have to learn and I have to remind myself whose I am. I have to remind myself the limitless potential of the correct identity if I truly want to learn to have savage prayers. So the first one is to remember my identity. Number two, if you're taking notes, remember my role. Remember my role. Verse 29, Jacob says, please tell me your name. Please tell me your name. Now this, this, this question 
seems innocent on the surface, but I want to propose to you that this that this question that Jacob is 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 asking God is is out of place. See, because I, I want us to remember the context of Jacob's questioning, right? Remember, Jacob, he's going through this four hazardous condition, and 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 God. The man that Jacob is wrestling is like, hey, let go. Daybreak is coming. And Jacob says, I will not let you go until you bless me. I love the persistence in that. I love the boldness in that. And it's as if God was answering him because God was like, hey, what is your name? And Jacob said, Jacob. And God said, okay, Jacob, that is no longer your name. Your name is now going to be Israel. And it's as if God was about to stamp his approval on blessing. Like he was in the process of of blessing Jacob. But then all of a sudden, it's as if right when God was about to stamp his approval uh, for his blessing, it's like Jacob was like, wait, question. Hey, I don't mean to interrupt. Uh, But what's your name? Who are you? Like he jumps in the middle of this process. What's interesting though is that Jacob already knew who this was, right? Like it's safe to assume that Jacob already knew who this was because he said, because otherwise he wouldn't have said, I won't let you go until you bless me. If Jacob did not know that who he was wrestling was God, he would have never said, I will not let you go until you bless me because he's already tired. He's already injured. Like, what's the point? But Jacob knew, he understood that this was God and that he was wrestling with God. And yet he still asked. Yet Jacob still decided to interject in the process. See, I think this is a great example of how sometimes we, we, we're praying something. Like we're like, God, we're, we're praying for God to move. We're praying for this. We're praying for that. And, and, and we're like, hey, God, I give this to you. God, I give you my sickness. God, I give you. And we try to pray these bold prayers, but we forget our role in that God is king and I'm just me. And that God is, is above and I'm just here. And, and we forget and we pray these things and we begin to protest the process and the result of what we see. We begin to protest the results and the process. See, if I am going to learn to pray bold prayers in the midst of my struggles, in the midst of the four hazards, then I have to remember my role. I have to remember, as Proverbs talks about, that that I may make plans, but it's God that ordains my steps. It's God that moves me. That if I want to learn to pray bold prayers in the midst of whatever I'm facing or what I'm feeling, that I have to learn to trust God in the process and in the results. That I, rather than me protesting the results in the process, I'm learning to trust God in the process. I'm learning to trust God that, that He knows what I need best. 
that I don't need to interject and be like, yo, what's your name? Like, I just trust that if I ask him to bless me, he's going to do it. It may not be in the way that I'm thinking, the way that, the way that I'm wanting, but I know that he is faithful in that approach. See, if I want to learn to pray bold prayers, I got to remember my identity and I got to remember my role. My role is not, is not to protest. My role is to trust. See, Jacob, he inspires me because in the midst of the four hazardous conditions, he is still able to pray a bold prayer saying, Lord, bless me. I won't let you go until you bless me. This morning, my heart, my prayer for you was that you would have that persistence when you pray, that you won't allow the four hazardous conditions to dictate your persistence and your boldness in the way that you pray. That, that you and I, that we would have the spirit of, of Jacob over our lives that would say, no matter what I'm going through, I will not let go. I will not give up until you bless me. I will not let you go. I will not give up until you give me everything that you have promised. And there's nothing wrong with that. Friends, that is a savage prayer. And so as we close this morning, I want to encourage you. No matter what four hazardous conditions that you're going through, that you would be able to pray bold prayers because you remember the identity of who you are in Christ Jesus and to remember your role as he is writing your story. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.